Welcome to the Daily Boogie. And a good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are. Friends, countrymen, woke people. Thank you for joining us. It's Monday night. As always, you'll be you'll be surprised to know. I've got lots to get through. <laughs> Hope you can stick around. Let's churn through it, shall we? Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again on a brand new week. Hope you had a lovely day. Hope you had a lovely weekend. I certainly have. It's an absolute pleasure to see you there in the chat. Thank you so much for joining us. So much to get through. And thank you to the woke people. Because this wouldn't be possible without you. I know that there are some bigots and some phobic people out there who like to dismiss inclusivity but you are truly the wokest of woke people because you have been so accepting and so inclusive that you'd you've allowed a guy who is literally a shadow into your life not a white man not a black man not an asian man not a trans disabled asian midget in a wheelchair just a shadow and for that you should be commended give yourselves a round of applause Give yourselves a round of applause for being so goddamn woke. They said it wasn't possible to be a shadow on the internet, but you proved them wrong. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us and thank you for being inclusive. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you. Quick reminder, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you'd like to get even a little more woke, then you can do so by following me on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper. So much to get through. I want to start tonight, though, with a couple of personal stories, a couple of conversations that I had over the weekend. And this is going to frame the conversation that we're going to have. And sometimes simple, small things are actually big things, and big things can be small things. And I don't want to sound cliched and dumb, but... I, it's unavoidable. <laughs> so the first conversation I had was over the weekend. Uh, it was a gathering with uh, f- the type of friends who are more like family than friends. And we were celebrating something. And one of my friends, a very highly intelligent guy, uh, this guy has a master's in communications And he excelled so much in his studies that he was awarded the Ducks, which is essentially, you know, straight A's in everything that he studied. So when it comes to PR, marketing, journalism, writing, this guy knows his shit. He's also a guy that wanted to be a journalist. He also got this high distinction, the highest of distinctions in his studies, whilst he had uh, two screaming babies on his lap while he was writing his assignments. 
working on a factory floor packing boxes. Two screaming babies on his lap while he was writing his essays. This is a guy who wanted to be in journalism for the longest time. And then upon achieving the qualifications that he needed in order to open those doors, those darn principles got in the way. And he became disenchanted and fell out of love with the journalism industry. In his words, I can't handle the lying. He said, I can't handle the lying and the clickbait and the manipulation. He said, it's essentially a bunch of cool kids trying to get drunk and fuck each other. And nobody cares about the truth. And I refuse to be a part of it. And so he's back, working on a factory floor, packing boxes. Because his principles don't allow him to push the kind of shit that he's expected to push in those kinds of jobs. Amazingly so. One of the most talented minds we have that we could get into the world of journalism refuses to do it because of what journalism has become. And we were having a conversation about, you know, this is a guy who started off like many of us do in our formative years, being really on the lefty side of the spectrum, woke before it was cool. You know, any any idea that's older than 30 years must just about instantaneously be wrong. Everything we do must be to satisfy some kind of ideological end in every endeavour of our lives. And over the years, his perspectives have somewhat changed. Now he's more of like a libertarian type, much like myself. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, when they were growing up in their rebellious time, probably flirted with the idea of, you know, hard left politics and revolution and that kind of thing. But for most people, it's probably a flirt that you grow out of. And the 10 to 15% who stick to it, well, they're, one could argue that they're either extremely dedicated or very slow learners, one or the other. But it's all about perspective. And we were talking about, you know, the media landscape, the way things are going. And we were talking about, you know, this woke era that we're in. And there are certain institutions and ideas and personalities and people that need to be replaced. Because you see, if you want to have a feminist perspective in the media, it's not good enough to start your own media company that is promoting feminist perspectives, right? Anybody could do that in the age of the internet. But that's not the aim. You don't just build your castle next to a castle that stood for a couple of hundred years. When you're too woke for woke, you need to burn the previous castle to the ground and then build yours on top of the ashes that remain. It's no good to have your own hero. You need to replace your opponent's hero with your own. It's no good to have your own system. You need to replace the system with your own. It's no good to branch off and do your own thing. 
you need to replace what everybody else's thing is. So that was one conversation. The other conversation I had was with my better half, who long-time listeners to this show will know is completely uninterested and disengaged with politics completely. Not interested, does not care, finds it exceptionally boring. She herself has a very successful career in the corporate world, but politics is something that she just won't buy into which is fine by me because if I had somebody who was interested in politics, we probably would have killed each other by now. So she doesn't care what I do. She has no interest what I do. She has no interest what the government does. And due to that, culturally, she probably sits, you know, on the center left of the spectrum. People, I I find people who are disengaged from politics altogether just naturally sit on the center left. Do you know what I mean? Like, why can't we just be nicer to people right uh poor people need money too what's the problem you know this kind of thing it's it's inoffensive leftism culturally i find it if you want to coin a new term and so she was watching a panel show down here in australia and the topic of the new james bond movie came up now this shouldn't be seen in isolation If you haven't heard, the new James Bond movie, the Agent 007 is going to be replaced with a black woman. Now, in of itself, you might be thinking, well, what's the problem here? Why would anybody care? Um, I'm somebody who doesn't particularly care who plays particular roles either. But if it was only as innocent as that, then it wouldn't be an issue. I find that this drive to, and so hang on, I'm jumping ahead. So on this panel show, there was a golden haired, blue eyed presenter, a male, a white guy, a white guy. And it was the first time on this show. I don't know who he is. Some shitty actor from some shitty TV show that nobody watches. He was doing like a kind of fill in spot. And he took his opportunity to announce to the world his wokeness. He had to prove his wokeness on this panel show by saying, well, it's about time they replace James Bond. James Bond is a figure of white male chauvinism. It's disgusting and sleazy, right? (laughs) To which my wife turned around to me and she said, is this guy for real? (laughs) Is this a joke? She said, what guy doesn't like James Bond? What kind of a guy doesn't like James Bond? And I said, yeah, what an awful life. He gets to shoot bad guys, drive around in Aston Martins and have sex with the world's most beautiful women. It must be terrible. And she's like, right? She's like, what's wrong with that? And I said, well, you know, it's a, to some people, it's a symbol of male chauvinism and the patriarchy. And she shook her head and said... <laughs> This is all getting out of control. Part of the other conversation I had with my friend who's in communications was, do you remember the OG listeners to this show when there was like 20 people listening? Now there's 50. (laughs) So we haven't grown too much, but I kind of like it that way on this little corner of the internet. Do you remember a couple of years ago, my OG listeners, when... We were joking about when Black Panther came out and we made the joke that, you know, this won't be good enough for some people. Some people are going to say, 
Sure, there is a black superhero and the whole cast is black, but you watch, somebody is going to pop their head up and say, well, why can't the superhero be a black trans person in a wheelchair, right? And like, ha ha ha, that's so funny. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Who knows where they're going to go, right? And then sure as shit, six months later, on the very same show, we were reading a story, a legitimate opinion piece in one of the major publications saying, it's time for a black trans disabled superhero. This is not good enough. Why is the trans community and the disabled community being ignored by Hollywood? And the meme came full circle. And you might say, why, well, why is the black trans disabled community being ignored by Hollywood? And you might have a legitimate question. But we did point out the fact that this won't be good enough. And sure enough, it wasn't good enough. So, back to 007. I want to show you this article that I've got primed and ready to go. The next 007 is a black woman, but people are disappointed she won't be James Bond. That's right. The agent 007 is being replaced, but people are disappointed that a woman isn't playing the man, James Bond. <laughs> Again, like I said, it's not good enough to have your own superhero with their own storyline. You need to replace somebody else's hero. You need to replace what's already there. You need to burn the castle down of your opponent and build your own castle on the ashes that remain. It's not good enough to build a castle next door, you see. Competition is a sin. The name's Bond, White Man Bond. At least that's the way it's always been. <laughs> that's the way it's always been, uh, interestingly enough, because Sir Ian Fleming wrote the James Bond character as a British guy. Now, at the time, perhaps there weren't a lot of trans-disabled black women with Scottish accents in the UK. There might be now. Fair enough. There might be a lot of black Scottish people. But at the time, not so much. The amazing news is that the new 007 will be played by Lashana Lynch, a black woman. It's amazing news. But less than amazing news is that James Bond will still be played by resident white dude Daniel Craig. How disappointing. How awful that we haven't replaced the James Bond character. We've merely transplanted in a black woman to play 007 but the James Bond character, which has been around for four decades, longer, is still going to be thought of as a white man. It's awful, isn't it? I tell you, these white people, you just can't get rid of them, no matter how hard you try. Lashana Lynch is best known for her role as Maria in Captain Marvel. It's just been announced that the British actress has been cast in Bond 25 as Bond's 007 replacement. Someone on the inside told the Daily Mail, there is a pivotal scene at the start of the film where M says, come in 007, and in walks Lashana, who is black, beautiful, and a woman. It's a popcorn-dropping moment. Bond is still Bond, but he's been replaced as 007 by this stunning woman. See, another thing I think 
people get a little bit sick of is not necessarily that these characters are being replaced, but it's the mainstream corporate media's eagerness to oversell. You know, they come on a little too strong. How about you just put the movie out and let people decide for themselves whether it's stunning, whether it's amazing, whether it's beautiful, whether it's too woke for woke? Because when you go over the top to try to explain to people how stunning and amazing and fantastic and historic it is, people's bullshit meter tends to kick in. It's like the used car salesman trying to sell you the 1989 Honda Civic and telling you it's the best car on the lot. Just one owner. Hasn't done more than a thousand miles. Never had a problem with it. This is better than a Ferrari, this thing. You are mad if you don't jump in this car. I've got another guy coming back to look at this movie right now. If you don't buy a ticket to this movie, it's going to be gone. You don't want to miss this opportunity. This is a historic moment. On the one hand, this is awesome. Fantastic news. With Phoebe Waller-Bridge having polished the script, it seems like this Bond film will be more inclusive and exciting than any other before it. The Bond film will be inclusive? I didn't know that certain people weren't allowed to buy tickets to movies. Did you know this? The movies need to be more inclusive. <laughs> what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Still, some are disappointed because casting a black woman as 007 isn't the radical move some were hoping for. Many are ready for James Bond for a James Bond who isn't a white man. We've had lots of those. In fact, all of James Bonds have been white men. And even with a new 007, that fact isn't changing in this new film. Do you see, do you see what they've done here? They've tried to straddle the fence. They've tried to play both sides. <clears throat> because they looked at things like, say, the Ghostbusters remake where the where the men were replaced by women in the same characters essentially and it was a massive flop so they said well let's not replace james bond himself but let's replace the agent 007 with a new agent so then it's not going to be a bond film anymore is it it's going to be whoever this agent's name is whatever it is she's taking over the license to kill of 007 but James Bond will continue to exist so they've tried to say hey we're not replacing James Bond here we are just replacing the agent you see and James Bond still exists so they're trying to play at both sides but the woke generation are not so easily led comrades the woke generation know better and the woke generation demand that James Bond be played by a black woman not a new character played by a black woman replacing 007. <laughs> Daniel Craig will still be Bond, unfortunately. According to The Sun, the movie will task 007 with bringing Daniel Bond's character out of retirement in Jamaica to thwart a, a global crisis. Let's hope it comes across less white saviour-ish than it currently sounds. Let's, let's hope the white guy isn't the hero for a change. Can we do that, please? I don't want to see another white guy doing good things in Hollywood. I don't want to see another white guy saving the world. 
The mere thought of that stokes my wokeness in ways which make me feel nauseous, confused, and upset. This will be Daniel's last film as Bond, which means the next film, Bond 26, in which we'll meet a new James Bond. And there's no word on who that will be yet. So yeah, it's very cool that Lashana Lynch is the new 007. She absolutely killed it in Captain Marvel. And she deserves, and she 100% deserves to play a badass British spy. It's something we should be excited about. But knowing that there will be a new Bond introduced in Bond 26 takes a bit of the wind out of our sails. Predictably, there are some real racist, sexist, backward people out there who are up in arms over the decision to make 007 a black woman. Do you, so do you see the way this works? The heroes... <laughs> General Eaton in the chat saying Lena Dunham will be the new James Bond. <laughs> what, stranger things have happened. But do you see the way this works, this wokeness works? You need to replace the heroes, the male chauvinist pigs of the patriarchy, especially the white ones, with your own heroes. And you need to demand worship of these new heroes. And anybody who questions the new heroes or why they are there, it's very easy to just slide them into the racist column, into the sexist column. Oh, you're not a fan of these various, you know, historical fictional characters being replaced with other kinds of people? Well, you must be one of these alt-right Nazis we've heard so much about. You must be a horrible, horrible person. And so the wokeness, like that of the guy on the panel show who was falling over himself to explain how it's about time James Bond gets replaced because he is a symbol of patriarchal, overbearing sexism and chauvinism and violence and white male violence and all of these horrible things. It, show, it goes to show you how the wokeness is manufactured and people are kept in line with social pressure. You see, any resistance to this new woke world in Hollywood gets you branded <laughs> as one of the evil guys and instantaneously dismissed like that. Gone. Of course, that doesn't mean a different woman and or person of colour can't take up the mantle as James Bond in Bond 26. It just probably won't be Lashana uh, Lynch. You see, they are legitimately wanting James Bond to be played by a woman. Wowzers, what a take. It's incredible that there are still people in 2019 who believe that women can drive fast cars who believe who don't believe, pardon me. Let's try that again. It's incredible that there are still people in 2019, otherwise known as current year, who don't believe that women can drive fast cars get hot women, and be a woman of excellence, focus, and competency. Now, I'm sure that the testicular, you know, the, 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 the folk who are bearing testicles amongst us probably wouldn't necessarily have a problem with a woman spy who is incredibly attractive, who's getting it on with other hot women. Don't get me wrong. 
But would you be happy for this woman to be re- to be called James Bond? <laughs> In fact, when it comes to excellence, focus, and competency, women surpass men every single time. How is that not apparent to anyone yet? While whiny white men are complaining that the rest of the world is way cooler than they are, we're just over here basking in the glory of a black woman as 007. Lashana Lynch will no doubt do justice to the role while looking extremely attractive, which is exactly the purpose of James Bond. She is absolutely going to kill it. So, good luck Lashana Lynch, the new 007. But I put it to you. How woke is too woke? Jamila Bond. Because as I outlined, even people that have no interest in, you know, the ideological to and fro that takes place in the quote-unquote culture wars on a daily basis, even people who have no problem with characters being replaced and new perspectives, I mean... Having a different perspective on a well-known character and a well-known story is something that has happened in theatre and movies and writing for the longest time. I mean, there was a Motown version of The Wizard of Oz, which, if you haven't seen it, it's the best version. The Motown version of The Wizard of Oz, you absolutely have to see it. It's by far the best version of The Wizard of Oz. I mean, there was a new version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was terrible, but some people liked it. So this kind of reimagining takes place all the time. But it's the baggage that comes along with it. It's the baggage that people are being asked to saddle themselves with. Because even the most tolerant and the most inclusive and the most woke people are now sitting back going, why do you have to replace these people but then give them a kicking on the way out. Why is it wrong to have a white guy save the world? Why do you have to replace the white man as a celebration of wokeness? I don't understand. Why can't you have your own hero? Why does it why can't you create a new superhero who is a black trans disabled person in a wheelchair? What's wrong with that? Why do you have to replace the ones that are already there? But as we discussed in the opening, for some people, it's not good enough to have their own. For some people, it's not good enough to create the character and the story to go along with it. Because the point is not to celebrate a character and a storyline in the era of wokeness. The point is to replace the heroes of the patriarchy and the white men with your own heroes. The point isn't to build a mansion next door. The point is to burn down the mansion of your opponent and build your castle on top of the pile of ashes that remain. And how many people are now just getting so affronted with the constant drive for wokeness that they are going to stop engaging out of spite? Not for racism, not for bigotry, not for sexism. But their former comrades now saying, this is too much. This is too much. And I just can't take it anymore. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, The more cynical amongst us might suspect that 
This drive by Hollywood to reimagine films with different kinds of characters playing well-known roles instead of creating new roles and new story arcs for new characters is just laziness. They might say that nothing good is being written anymore, so we just need to reimagine the stuff that's a proven winner. You see, it's a lot easier to get investment for something that's proven to put bums on seats and sell tickets than it is for an untested you know, pilot, an untested theory, an untested story. So maybe that's what's driving it. Maybe the inclusion and the wokeness is cynical in so much as they're merely trying to appeal to a broader demographic. But to that, I would say, gee, I don't know. I thought the hugely successful franchise that is James Bond and the 007 series was already pretty fucking successful (laughs) for decades. It's arguably the longest running, most successful series that's ever been. More so than Star Trek, more so than Star Wars. It is the one, it is the top of the pops when it comes to blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster. And so you can see then why certain ideologically driven people might see it as a scalp to be taken as a head to be mounted on the wall in the trophy room of the woke generation. So they can kick back in their lazy boy and warm their feet on the hide of the patriarchal white male symbolism of chauvinistic white supremacy. Interesting times ahead. Just on that, Ah, uh, you know what? I've got a, I've got another article here, but it's probably going to be a long one. So I might save that for tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us. You are on the Daily Boogie podcast. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think about all this? On I tell you what, on Wednesday night we'll open up the phones. We'll get we'll take some calls and you tell me what you think about all this stuff. Am I wrong? Am I barking up the wrong tree? Do you think that this is only going to be a success? Do you think people will turn away out of spite? Do you think the media celebrating these kinds of things as a celebration is a good thing? Or do you think it's a little over the top? I'm open to having my mind changed. They should have done... LH child of the chat. They should have done it 8005. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Good to see you again. How about this one? Whilst we're here discussing the, you know, the minutiae of Hollywood and wokeness and character arcs and storylines and shit that's not really that important, uh, the most powerful government on the face of planet Earth, ladies and gentlemen, that being the American government, well, they're busy getting shit done. They're busy tackling the big issues. One might say they're also busy turning the woke people into not-so-woke people and creating the kind of intolerance that they claim to be fighting against. Let's have a look. Today's bill updates federal law to reflect the possibility of a female or LGBT president by replacing gendered terms like wife and widow with spouse. (laughs) It also replaces gender-specific pronouns referring to the president and their spouse with gender-neutral terms. Without this change, the law that makes it a... 
the crime to threaten to kill, kidnap, or inflict bodily harm upon the president or the president's family would fail to include a future president, a female or a gay president. <laughs> we must have solved all of the problems. The Democrat congressmen and women and spouses, I don't know, what the, the congress folk, can we say that? Is that all right? The Democrat Congress folk must have solved all the problems. Crisis? There's no crisis at the border. What the hell are you talking about? Unemployment's fine. Homeless, opioids, whatever. Gun violence. Doesn't matter. We've, that's all sorted. That's all done. What we need to do is protect the life of a future LGBT president. <laughs> because right now, uh, the way the way the law work, the way the law works is. If there's an LGBT president in the White House, well, then it's not going to be a crime to assassinate them, according to the law. R- really? <laughs> really? Is that how it works? I'm not. I'm not sure that that's accurate, Congressman. <laughs> and again, I ask the question: Is this too woke for woke? Will there be ordinary people who are disengaged from politics who might come across this clip, who might read a blurb about this on Facebook? People who are completely disengaged from the culture war and have no interest in it whatsoever. Is this going to snap a few of those people out of that dream, out of that woke dream and say, what the hell is this? What the hell are these people talking about? Are we paying for this? (laughs) This is Congress? (laughs) this is ridiculous the words we use matter and it's critically important that the law recognizes that soon we will have a president who is not a straight man Uh, the terms are defined as wife her and widow which presumes that the president of the United States will always be a man and his spouse will always be a woman we're very fortunate to have any number of wonderful Americans running uh, who are you see the problem for Hillary Clinton I'm glad we cleared this up the problem for Hillary Clinton back in 2016 was not that she was the most unpopular Democrat candidate since Walter Mondale it was not that she was too woke for woke see the problem is the government isn't woke enough the problem for Hillary Clinton was not that she was an awful candidate with scandals a scandal list as long as a phone book The problem was not that she was memed into oblivion by unknown people on the internet, probably Russian trolls. None of that was the problem. (laughs) The problem was not that she came up against a guy who didn't take a backward step and didn't apologize in a woke era where at least 50% of the country of the most powerful country on the earth are crying out for that kind of representation who are already sick of the wokeness, so to speak. That wasn't the problem at all. The real problem for Hillary Clinton was in the constitutional documents which lay the foundation for the American government, there are too many gender-specific pronouns being used. (laughs) Because language matters. And it's awful, wouldn't you agree, that if a female or an LGBTQ folk were to become president, then 
all of the regular laws that apply to violence and murder and all that kind of thing just just dissipate out the window. Like into thin air. They don't exist anymore. That's the real problem. That's the real thing holding women back. That's the real thing holding LGBTQ people back. Uh, Who will be uh, having the opportunity to serve many women that are running uh, and certainly... uh, individuals from our LGBTQ community uh-huh. uh, will be in the future mix for President of the United States. Sure. The gentleman from Wisconsin is recognized for five minutes. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker, and thank you to the representative for the time. Uh, the current field of presidential candidates looks more like American society than ever before. And we are closer <laughs> than ever to the possibility that a woman or... I, well, all the favorites are white men from what I can gather, so that might be a problem. LGBT person could hold the country's highest office. We have decades of activism by women in the LGBT community to thank for this fact, and at least Congress can do is to ensure the law recognizes the progress our country has made. We've come a long way from 1872 when Victoria Woodhull became the first woman to seek the presidency decades before women won the right to vote. Today, six women, more than ever before, are running for president. Almost 100 years after the passage of the 19th Amendment, and thanks to trailblazers like Victoria Woodhull, Shirley Chisholm, and Hillary Clinton, we are closer than ever to having a woman in the Oval Office. In 2012... Are you closer than you were in 2016? I'm not sure. Because in 2016, remember, it it was going to happen. It was inevitable. There was no stopping it. Can't stop this progress. Anybody who says otherwise is, is on the wrong side of history. Remember that? Fred Carger, a Republican, was the first openly LGBT candidate for president. And the 2020 Democratic presidential field includes one openly LGBT candidate. The landmark 2015 Supreme Court decision making gay marriage... All of this fawning over identities. The constant fawning and falling over yourself to pat people on the head. I've, I've always had an issue with it. Of course, to have an issue with it is to yourself be labelled some kind of bigot or some kind of phobe, regardless of how... I don't even like the word tolerant. To me, tolerant is putting up with something. And it's like, you know, I don't have to put up with you. You can just do what you want. I don't care. I don't care what you do. (laughs) I'm, I'm accepting of people. I don't care who they sleep with. I don't care what they look like, right? I'm not tolerant of it. That would in, that would infer. So you've already lost the rhetoric battle to at the beginning, because to label somebody as tolerant means that they are fighting against some kind of natural urge to be intolerant, right? Oh, we need to be more tolerant. That's the same as saying that everybody already has hatred. Everybody's already programmed to hate. So these people talk about, you know, words matter. Well, they do. The subconscious game that occurs, the subconscious dance that occurs between language and thought. Language leads thought around the ballroom floor. So if you want to go around saying that being more tolerant, more tolerant, more tolerant, how does that manifest itself in the real world for the woke generation? It means actively engaging in you know, aggressively calling out everybody who disagrees with you and saying that they are intolerant, they are hateful, they are bigots. You need to shut up, put your head down and go along with the trend. 
in order to be considered one of the tolerant. You need to agree with what's told to you. Otherwise, you're one of them. And again, I would ask, why? I think we are at a stage now where, I mean, this isn't the 1800s anymore. The constant referrals to what happened over 100 years ago. Well, back in the 1800s, blah, blah, blah. Real people today who are probably completely disengaged from politics and likely just sit on the cultural sort of soft left, naturally, who just want to be nice to people and want everybody else to be nice to them, right? They hear this kind of stuff now and they say, who cares if he's gay? I don't care. That's not to say that a lot of people don't care, uh, do care, but I was I suspect that it's not the, the fawning over identity. Oh, oh, praise the black gay woman. It is. It's Thank you for that in the chat. Donald Trick. It's more like condescension. It's going around patting people on their little heads and saying, congratulations for being homosexual. Well, look at you. You're the new 007, a black woman. My, my, isn't this special? Isn't this a special event? Hey, everybody, let's put this up on the fridge and let's all gather around and give them a nice big round of applause. You did so well. And you need to engage in that too. Otherwise, you're intolerant. You're a bigot. You're hateful. You have hatred in your heart. And uh, I, I, again, I suspect I've got no data to back this up. But just what I see and what I hear from people who aren't engaged in politics at all. They are getting to the end of their tether. Here in Australia, the local football here, every single round is a different round dedicated to something. Right? So it'll be, you know, pride round. So this weekend, we all need to celebrate being gay. And then it'll be multicultural round. So this weekend, when you're at the football, there's going to be people walking around in strange costumes from other lands. Yay. The week after that, it'll be Indigenous round, where it's a celebration of all the Indigenous players. So round after round, then it'll be uh, anti-violence against women round after that. Every round of football is a new opportunity to virtue signal. And I was walking into the football one day with a friend who, again, completely disengaged from politics. Completely disengaged. Doesn't care. Doesn't doesn't get interested in the culture war at all. Doesn't see what the fuss is. But after walking into the football with me round after round after round after round and seeing all of these little rounds and all of this virtue signaling, turned around to me completely out of the blue and said, Hey, Boogie. When is the fucking Caucasian celebration round? When do we get around? (laughs) I nearly dropped my beer because it was so out of character for this person. It was so out of character for a person who is, you know, what you would define as, you know, the tolerant progressive kind of guy. Hey, when, when when do the white guys get around? Do we get around here or what? When do we get to celebrate being Caucasian? And I said, well, you can't do that because you would, you would be a Nazi, basically. That's how it works. You're supposed to celebrate everybody else. You can't celebrate uh, Caucasians. 
And this guy looked at me, shook his head and said, this is fucking bullshit, all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) How much of that are they inducing? How much of that are they bringing on themselves? How many of those reactions are occurring when you see people talking about that James Bond is a symbol of patriarchal chauvinism and white supremacy? How many people are having that kind of reaction when you see Democratic congressmen talking about that the Constitution needs to be more woke and use non-gender-specific pronouns? How many people just snap out of it and say, you know what, all of this stuff, this is fucking bullshit, this stuff. The hell is going on here? What's wrong with these people? Because you see, out in the real world, we're already working together. We're already next-door neighbours. In the bubble of politics and in the bubble of these corporations and in the bubble of PR, right? The perception is that nothing but over-the-top glorification is going to be good enough to satisfy people. But in large part, people are already satisfied. And you'll see on the news, if you, if you watch the news and politicians talking to each other, you would think that there are lynch mobs going around in the streets daily and there is a genocide taking place. And then, I forget which comedian it was, and then you look out, I think it was a Bill Hicks joke, right? The famous Bill Hicks, God, bless, God rest his soul, and I'm going to butcher the quote. But he's like, you know, you watch, you watch the news and it's like, death, AIDS, destruction, cancer, killing, war, death, AIDS. And then you look out your window. (laughs) It's a nice sunny day. (laughs) I want to do one more thing for the woke generation before I let you go. I'm going to ask you a very serious question. One of our favorite topics here on this program, what the fuck is going on in Florida? The Washington Post magazine asks, ladies and gentlemen, is it okay to laugh at the Florida man? How woke is too woke? Are they going to take the Florida man away from us next? You know, when you laugh at one of these Florida man memes, when you laugh at one of these Florida man stories, aren't you just perpetuating a nasty stereotype? Aren't you engaging in immoral typecasting of your fellow man is it okay to laugh at the florida man for if you cut him does he not bleed (laughs) what it's like to go viral is one of the internet internet's biggest memes and the moral complications of laughing along you're not allowed to laugh anymore humor must die this is actually a really well written piece i might i'll tweet this actually this will be in the show notes like everything we refer to in the show This will be in the show notes on the Podbean website. This is actually really well written. It's really long though. And it was, I was quite enjoyable to read, but I can't read it. It's far too long. There's a lot of uh, Florida man stories in there and interviews with former Florida men. (laughs) But I'll just go down to this part right at the end here, which I found interesting. All the way down. You can see it's quite long. Remember that guy with the flag? I didn't know. He was a Florida man, the hurricane flag guy. Sensational. And here we go. 
Like a lot of memes, Florida Man's popularity doesn't exactly prove or disprove the inherent wisdom of the crowd so much as it highlights our collective contradictions. We like to cheer on the underdog and revel in someone else's pain. We enjoy mocking and empathizing with the unfortunate. <coughs> Pardon me. Still getting over this cough. Partly because clickbait or bust social media is essentially built to multiply one superficial behavioral extreme or the other. So when the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp planned their Florida Man night, they looked for a family-friendly mascot who represented the best of Florida Man without, the dragging, without dragging along the worst of his baggage. A Floridian who hadn't hurt anyone, who wasn't being exploited, and who was happy to have people laugh along with him. They found Lane Pittman, a multiple-time Florida man who rallies the crowd at Jacksonville Jaguars NFL games, waving flags and firing T-shirt cannons as part of the Jack's Pack hype team. At the Drumbo Shrimp's Florida Man Night, Pittman will play the national anthem on electric guitar because the first time he went viral, he was Florida Man arrested after playing national anthem on July 4. In the video seen everywhere from BuzzFeed to Fox News, Pittman wearing jorts and an American flag tank top shreds like Hendrix on a Neptune beach sidewalk until hundreds of people gather around and he is arrested for obstructing traffic. That is un-American. I was like, this is American as crap. Freedom, baby. Pittman reminisces. I had everybody dabbing me up, high-fiving me. I had one old lady kiss me on the face. Then two cops came over. The second time he went viral, he uploaded a nine-second video of himself no shirt, no shoes, just board shorts, headbanging and holding an American flag against the torrential wind and rain of 2016's Ma Hurricane Matthew. To this day, one of the greatest gifts ever captured. <laughs> the video has been viewed nearly 4 million times. His rock gods, including Slayer, retweeted him. Foo Fighters simply tweeted Lane Pittman. Frontman Dave Grohl posed in Billboard wearing a t-shirt with Lane's flag-waving, head-banging caricature. When I met Pittman at a hard rock music festival in downtown Jacksonville, the lean 26-year-old surfer dude with long red hair is wearing jorts and an American flag tack top, what he called my Hurricane Lane persona. Amid the roar of speed metal, Pittman hypes up fans at a pop-up advertising space where a long line of autograph seekers wait on members of Korn and Evanescence. Pittman's hurricane videos have become a hurricane season YouTube ritual, a rain dance in defiance of the weather. The most concentrated and syrupy example of what it means to be a Florida man, a wild man who stands firm against proprietary, uh, the forces that threaten to destroy this strange paradise and common sense itself. Pittman's career as a professionalized Florida man began in high school. When he was elected the class clown, he honed his theatrics while working a $10 an hour gig as a roadside sign spinner with Big Guy Moving, velcroed into a muscle suit in the 90-degree heat. These days, Pittman, who fronts a metal band and does social media consulting, is the most clean-cut Florida man you can imagine, despite being a metalhead icon embraced by Slayer. He doesn't curse or drink. He's a devout youth leader of his Baptist church, an assistant lacrosse coach, and a substitute music teacher who asked to bless it up real quick before eating his egg biscuit at Starbucks. Who would have thought this was the story of the guy holding the flag in the hurricane? Nobody knew all this about this guy. I, like most people, I suspect, just thought he was probably a guy who drinks too much, smokes a lot of weed, and then got out there during a hurricane and said, hey, take a photo of this. It's going to be fucking awesome, man. <laughs> 
It's going to be fucking great. I tell you what. Right? Who knew the backstory? Florida man has a story, guys. On Facebook, somebody tagged me alongside a guy who ran through a convenience mart with a gator like, y'all should be friends. Pittman said, I'm like, I don't want to be his friend. <laughs> Listening to Pittman, I can't help but think of my own mixed feelings about the meme, which bundle up my fairly conventional anxieties about social media. I worry that this miraculous, unprecedented amount of information and connection is making us less empathetic toward people we see and meet online, and I suspect that it's only going to get worse. Given how quickly falsehoods spread online, I asked Pittman if it bothers him that people probably do confuse the real Florida with the meme. In between selfies with fans, Pittman brushes back his sweaty hair and tells me that his take on Florida man and the internet is simpler and more optimistic. Every state has its idiots, criminals and problems. It's unfair that his home state takes so much flack, but people generally know what's right. And besides, it's not going to stop him or any other Florida man from acting crazy if they feel like it. People throw shade at Florida like a lot. A brief cloud passes over his upbeat mood. Then the Florida man smiles. But you can't put shade on us. We're the sunshine state. Bravo. Bravo, Florida man. Well done, sir. That's the way you Florida man. That's the way you live the meme. So like I said, it's well worth a read, this article. It'll be in the show notes after the show. Fantastic stuff. Should we laugh at the Florida man? So in honor of that, I found one Florida man. I thought, you know what? We won't do the usual Florida man. What the fuck is going on in Florida segment? How about a Florida hero for a change? 75-year-old Florida man kicks an alligator, saves dog. Buddy Ackerman says the eight-foot gator came from the retention pond near his Palm Harbor condominium earlier this week and grabbed the dog while they were out for a morning walk. He kicked the gator until it let go of the golden retriever. Neither animal was injured. The Tampa Bay Times reports that Florida wildlife officials came and trapped the gator later that day. That's fantastic. Well done, old sir. What a hero. A Florida hero. The other side of the Florida man story. 75-year-old, a gator takes the guy's dog. Yeah, you know, motherfucker. I ain't putting up with that kind of shit, I tell you what. <laughs> gives, the, gives the gator a kicking until it lets, lets his dog go. What a hero. What a sensational old guy. Save the dog. I think, you know, to be fair, though, if we really are in the woke generation, I think we can all agree that don't we want the old guy arrested for animal cruelty? Don't we want the old guy arrested for kicking a poor, innocent alligator in the face? I mean, sure, he was trying to save a dog, but really, you can't put the life of one animal above that of another. And this old guy probably needs to be behind bars. I mean, why was he walking his dog in the alligator's area to begin with? Does he have no tolerance of alligators? Was he trying to provoke the alligator into attacking him? Probably. Probably. Probably some kind of alligator bigot. Just doing his best. Probably a white man. Probably a white man not, you know, not nurturing and accepting and being tolerant of the natural world around him just had to wander up to the alligator's area 
and start kicking the poor innocent fellow right in the head. Disgusting behavior. Not very woke at all. With that, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to kick my gator in the face, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Don't forget to follow our friends at Real Person PLTCS for the best 15 minute data downloads on the interwebs and the preacher man Chris Mack at ChrisMC44 for 44 periscopes a day. Until tomorrow night, guys, at 11 p.m. Thanks so much. Stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Stay woke, my children. Stay woke. Thanks, everyone. That poor, innocent gator. Thanks, Nisi. Thanks, RM Johns. Thanks, Rockspot. Hopefully, thanks, Glory Warrior. Hopefully, I'll see you tomorrow night at 11 p.m. Until then, have a great day, guys. God bless. Bye-bye.